Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific shares jumped at the open, but they've given back some of those early gains already. Seoul is up 0.2%. Sydney is basically flat. Markets in Japan are closed for the Golden Week holidays. Investors are assessing the Fed's latest announcements as well as a slew of corporate earnings. They also have their eyes on U.S. President Joe Biden's first State of the Union address to a joint session of the U.S. Congress, which is getting underway as we speak. Joining me now to break down all the market action. Good Thursday morning to you, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. I wish I had a Golden Week holiday as well. <laughs> One can hope. Uh, we've got a busy morning today. Tech stocks, economic forecast, the Fed, more corporate results. Let's get to it all. Let's start with Apple and Facebook. Now, we talked earlier this week about how the two tech giants are at odds with each other over an update to the iPhone operating system. This will make it harder for apps like Facebook to track user activity and so sell targeted ads. Well, both both companies are reporting earnings for their most recent quarters, and they're both nailing it. Apple sales up more than 50%, Facebook revenue up 48%. So, Ryan, we're going to get to Facebook in just a minute. But first, Apple, is it fair to say that the iPhone maker got a boost from the stay-at-home economy? I would say so, and this is because sales of iPads and Macs have gone up alongside really strong iPhone sales. So you are looking at devices really contributing to Facebook or Apple in this quarter. And what's also worth noting is its key markets are bouncing back strongly. So China and Europe are among the growth markets, the drivers for this latest quarter. And look at those numbers. We are looking at revenue for Apple up 54% to $89.6 billion, beating expectations of around 77.3. And looking at the results, it is painting a rather bright few quarters ahead for Apple. Yeah. In Greater China, that includes mainland Hong Kong and Taiwan, Apple's revenue increased 87% year on year. So a blowout quarter for um, Apple. Apple grossed nearly 90 billion US dollars in the last quarter. The question is, I guess, can it keep up this pace? What did Apple CEO Tim Cook have to say about the quarter ahead? Yeah, so this is going to be in focus when you have valuations of these tech companies so high? Can they continue to deliver and sustain those valuations in the coming months? Mm. So what we have right now is, of course, an industry-wide issue where chips, semiconductor chips, are at a shortage. So that has a bit of a hiccup when it comes to production. And this means um, companies are unable to produce what they want to sell. So that upside is limited to that extent. So what we have from Apple is the most they can say is we are expecting supply constraints and it could reduce or crimp revenue by as much as $4 billion in the current quarter to June. So mm-hmm. that's the most we have in terms of forward guidance. Now, Apple is going to increase dividend payments by 7%. It is also going to buy back 90 billion US dollars in shares. That is significantly higher than last year. Investors appear to like what they've heard. Apple shares are up more than 2% in after-hours trade. On to Facebook now, where higher-priced ads have contributed to a sharp rise in earnings. It seems retailers are willing to pay more to reach consumers via social media. Media. So what's the latest here? Well, pretty much they had no choice because we had a long year of lockdowns and restrictions and 
online marketing, Facebook was pretty much the go-to place. So we saw, according to Facebook, massive revenue growth in ads. Mm. We saw the price of ads going up by 30%. And there was also an increase in the number of ads by 12%. So all that helping Facebook's coffers. And that saw net income grow 94% to $9.5 billion. Revenue also higher by 48%. So both numbers beating expectations. And that is really uh, quite an encouraging picture for Facebook, which has been in the news for, well, negative reasons because it has been in the middle of that spat with Apple around privacy issues. Yeah, do you buy things off Facebook when you're on it? No, not yet. Been to Marketplace, one billion users there. Probably use other options. So Facebook still hasn't gotten its hooks into me yet. Wow, I find it very tempting. Um, and I did, you know, buy a lot of goods off Facebook, but the quality was just dreadful. What so I get? stopped. You know, I'd buy clothes and things like that. And then I would always be disappointed because the... the <laughs> Images wouldn't match the actual products. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's my experience. So I stopped buying. Uh, but Facebook says it is going full swing on its e-commerce efforts. It's going to intensify um, e-commerce features and going to deliver even more personalized experiences. It's going to be harder to ignore those ads. Where we think of Facebook's business model, we often think about advertising. And we can see that's doing really well. But one of the things that caught my eye is a Facebook Mark Zuckerberg talking about these other areas when it comes to the company's future growth. So what does he envision? Yeah, so this is interesting because um, some people might be familiar with Facebook's investments into other areas, growing emerging technology areas like VR and AR, so virtual reality and augmented reality. And in that area, they bought Oculus a few years ago. This is the goggles you put on to immerse yourself in a bit of a virtual environment. So you can play games on it. At some point, you might be able to do meetings with it. So they feel that is the next frontier when it comes to growing the company. And you can imagine it. When people are now working from home, staying at home, this could be a huge market for it. And it could also include sales where maybe now you don't have to go to a shopping mall. You just have to put on your goggles and you can walk down the supermarket aisle and just click on whatever is around you, right? So that might be the next frontier it sees. And also in line with that, it is trying to overhaul its payment system or rather get a bigger foothold in the payment system. And you're talking about targeted ads. Mm-hmm. That will go some way to helping its advertisers as well if they can create their own ecosystem where they have the data and can give the data that advertisers want. So maybe that is another area they will try to build, a better Facebook ecosystem where the likes of Instagram, WhatsApp are more closely integrated and able to feed data to sell. I guess that's not good news for us. No, not at all. I don't know how I'm going to cope with augmented reality shopping. My brothers have the Oculus, um, you know, smart viewer things, and I don't know what they do with them besides play games, honestly. Maybe they could use it for school one day, but that is... No, they're past school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I I have thought I want smart glasses especially when you walk into a mall and you have to fish out your little handheld you know phone I I do wish you had everything on your glasses so you could just breeze through things 
Do you know what I mean? In the meantime, Facebook shares up more than 6% in after-hours trade. Now, we've been hearing a lot about a global shortage of computer chips. Bad news for the companies that need them. Seemingly good news for those who make them. And so we have two indications this morning of just how that's all playing out. One from chipmaker Qualcomm and another from the U.S. automaker Ford. Tell us more. Yeah, so demand versus supply. So Qualcomm sells the chips, so it's good news for them. And we saw its revenue forecast higher and it's quite bullish on its outlook and this is boosted even more when you think about how there are more 5g handsets coming online and people want them now a bit of revenge spending on new handsets helping to drive demand for devices and especially so in china where you have that market bouncing back more strongly than other places so all that is seeing more people wanting to upgrade their devices so qualcomm is saying the demand is much stronger than supply. Mm-hmm. At the flip side, though, it is quite um, a double-edged sword because Qualcomm can't meet demand, so the revenue it can make is limited. So it outsources its production to the likes of TSMC and Samsung. If they can't get hold of enough to um, resources to make those chips, they can't make the money that they can potentially make. So this is not all good news for Qualcomm. Here at home, shares of nanofilm technologies have also been hit by chip concerns. It fell as much as 4.6% yesterday after announcing it may need to defer projects because of that ship shortage. Now, yesterday and the day before, we shared that Alphabet's and Tesla's num- latest numbers. We went through them. And as analysts pour through the data, some more interesting nuggets have surfaced. First up, initial reports indicate Tesla made $100 million from its purchase and sale of Bitcoin last quarter. Water. A closer look at the numbers, though, shows something else. Ryan, just how much did Tesla make from the cryptocurrency? Well, it depends on who you ask and what numbers you read. Mm. If you look at the headline numbers, most news outlets would report it made $101 million in income. And that is according to the convention where you take into account how much it sold in terms of Bitcoin. But if you take into account how much it has still on its books in terms of holdings in Bitcoin, um, it's so 10%, so it still has 90%. That 90% has risen so much so that it has made $1 billion from Bitcoin. And it's interesting when you think about what's transpired in this cryptocurrency space in the past three months since we've been hearing about how Tesla has bought into Bitcoin. So they bought Bitcoin then they started talking about Bitcoin, how great it is and how everyone should be on board. And then it sold Bitcoin when prices went up. And then started to say Bitcoin prices are not that uh, sustainable. And then who knows, maybe they might take advantage of the price correction to get in even more. So mm. this is an interesting cycle to watch. Yeah, it's an interesting point of view. Now, another interesting nugget comes from Google, which is saving over $1 billion US dollars a year from having people work at home. Now, let's zoom out, take a look at interest rates and the economy. The US Federal Reserve has wrapped up a two-day meeting. It did not raise rates, nor will it scale back those uh, asset purchases. So no surprises there sticking to the script. Ryan, tell us, what is the Fed's outlook on inflation? We know prices are rising, so why aren't they concerned? Yeah, prices are rising. If you talk about what I've been hearing from companies reporting earnings, some of them have been saying supply bottlenecks have led to rising costs and they need to hike prices later this year. 
And despite all the indicators from companies as well as manufacturing um, indexes and PMIs, encouraging indicators around the jobs market, they feel it is still too early to call it. And they are saying this is still what they deem transitory when it comes to inflation. These are one-time increases in prices and these will likely have only temporary effects on inflation numbers. So once again, they want a longer runway, a longer stream of data to reinforce and support their view that the inflation numbers will be sticky, will be sustainable, will be around for a long time. So that will probably be in the form of a few months of really strong data. So he wants to see the data and more data before he commits to any moves. Before he starts thinking about thinking, about thinking of raising rates. Now, what is the overall take on the economy, though? Okay, so what we have is at least an acknowledgement that the US economy is bouncing back, recovering. And this is a bit of a softening in language when it comes to risks. So what they are saying is they are seeing clear improvement since COVID-19 took hold more than a year ago. But risks to the economy outlook or economic outlook remain a bit softer than what they referred to in the prior outlook where they said considerable risks are still hanging in the air when it comes to COVID-19. So they are a bit more optimistic and in a way upgrading their outlook for the US economy. It's interesting to note the Fed's decision to stay the course was unanimous. No dissenting votes. Let's check in on local stocks. 18 minutes past nine. Investors have several macro items to digest. Total employment in Singapore is rising for the first time since the pandemic began. Wage growth so far is muted and the Monetary Authority of Singapore is predicting that the economy could grow by more than 6% this year. So what do investors have to say about all this? Well, the Straits Times Index finished marginally higher yesterday at 32.19. How's the SDI doing this morning? Yeah, so it is on a five-day winning streak and yesterday up around 0.2% off the back of what you just talked about, some positive data around the jobs market as well. So looking at the numbers this morning, it is on a positive start. It's up 0.3% at 3,230. And looking at a snapshot of the STI, only five STI constituents are in the red. So Right at the top is Jaji Matheson, up in the green by 1.7%. And in focus this week has been the aviation-related counters. I think we saw many of them giving back their gains from the earlier part of the week where we had this talk about a travel bubble between Hong Kong and Singapore. Uh, SIA was down 2.8% yesterday. Right now is back up again nearly 1%. And you've got sets yesterday down 1.4%. Right now, it's back up again by 0.7%. And in the news, you've got Olam International acquiring Old Spice. So this is a big company in the US in the spice arena uh, in the retail space. So looking at Olam's stock price right now, it is up 0.6% at $1.75. And of course, tomorrow we will be getting the first quarter results from DBS. Right now, it is up by 0.3% at $29.50. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Stay with me. For acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. 
That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.